It's the T.C. Martin Show. Show. Diagnosis. Shotgun. Murray. Prognosis. Out of the pocket. Seven seconds. Osmos. Six seconds. Murray. The doctor. Hour number two on this Friday. Don't forget our Friday home, the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas, coming your way starting September the 3rd. Looking forward to that. And then uh, we've got the NFL the following Thursday. We'll kick off that action and uh, get ready for it. Yes, uh, back at the Cosmopolitan for the college football, the NFL season, all the way through March Madness at the beginning of April. So, yes, look forward to that. And the Cosmopolitan opening back up as we know. We already saw one event at at the Chelsea earlier uh, last month with uh, Bill Burr. Concerts coming back to the Chelsea Everyone's ready. Keep your mask on, though, when you go inside. I, I wear my mask when I go inside all the time right. because it's the uh, law and the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big question is, are you finally going to get out on the pickleball court this season? I I rarely get invited. You know what I'm saying? Double B invites you all the time. Yeah, Let's go he, up and play pickleball. I, I think it's more of a courtesy you know, invite. I've never seen him say... You know, hey, let's I think it's do more it on of, this day. Yeah, I think it's more of one of those things that I'm going to keep on inviting him because he ain't going to show up anyhow. Yeah. And, uh, it's not going to happen. Now with it, the, it, it's like when somebody says, oh, I'm feeling a little under the weather, and people go, anything I can do for you? Because they figure, well, you're going to say nothing. And then when they say, well, oh, oh, I'm a little busy. I, I can't actually. You know, it's one of the, like when you pass somebody up and you go, hey, how you doing? You don't actually want to know how they're doing. Absolutely correct. You know, right, right. You know if they stop and started giving you all their ailments and everything yeah. else, you'd be like, Dude, I was just saying hi. No, you said how you doing. It's like when I when I get the invitation to go up to the ice rink there in the, in the winter time. I mean, it's, no, we it, did it's that there. last year. That right. was a fun time. I mean, but he's adamant about that. Let's go, boom, boom, boom. The pickleball thing, I don't know because you know this pickleball thing. It seems like it's more of a you know double situation. And do I got to show up with my own? Racket, or do they have those there? I think they That's probably have know. some there. I would imagine they have some there. Yeah. But yeah, but it, it almost seems like a click thing. Yeah, like you're not part of the pickleball I'm, click. I'm, I, I you agree. know, you're you're I'm part of the click click. Yeah, to go watch, you know, the yeah. games and you're, stuff. You're, and click, you're one of fights. his friends and one of the people he yeah. hangs with, but yeah. not in that realm. Yeah, maybe I'm too young. You think about that? You know, pickleball is an older sport. Oh boy, <laughs> you better be careful, man. <laughs> yeah, may, maybe. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, he's probably invited you over me, and you're a little older than me, so there you go. I don't no, think he invited kidding. me. I no, think I, he invites no. you a lot more. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, you're, you're right, though. The pick, I'm not in the pickleball clique, because I kind of make fun of the pickleball clique. I mean, my, my invites are like, uh, are you tagging along with TC and going to show up too or something like that? I don't really get the, the full-on invite. Nah, I, I disagree with that. I, I disagree. It's it, a vibe I get. You know, you, yeah. No, you get, you know, again. Of course, again, my blood type is all negative. When so, I say you know. after the show, hey, we're going to Blue Ribbon, you're down for Blue Ribbon. We're going to Holstein's. You know, there it is. Now, no. Numchuck, different story. Now, Numchuck's kind of, you know, he's like the caboose in the back. It's like, okay, do yeah. we got, do we have room for one more? Do we have room for one this guy? Well, you know, Numchuck's always looking for a loose caboose. I <laughs> <laughs> almost numchucked you. You don't even realize uh, Christine Madison is going to join us a little bit later on this hour as well to get the latest updates with uh, fans coming back into the venues, the Aces, Sunday at the Mandalay Bay Michelob Ultra Arena. Uh, tickets have gone on sale for single-game packages. Only five home games left in the regular season, so fans will be back there. And, of course, will all 65,000 fans be at Allegiant Stadium tomorrow night. And we'll also have to get the latest from her about what's going on with different venues and that as far as vaccination, proof of it, uh, mm-hmm. can you go into places? Because a lot more places now are starting to say that if you don't have proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test, you're not getting in. We saw it right here in Vegas with the Life is Beautiful uh, concert, mm-hmm. which is coming up. You must show that you've been vaccinated or that you've recently had a negative test, and a lot of people not liking that. I think, and then you hear other places that say they're doing it, but they're doing it on the honor system. Well, then just say you're not actually doing it. The Smith Center is abiding by that as well, too. You, to go see a show at the Smith Center, you've got to be vaccinated. 
Yeah. So, you know, and it, we'll we'll see. But uh, right now, other venues are just basically saying, "Hey, mask up inside, and we don't need to see your your vaccination cards." Yeah, mask so, on, mask off. There you go. They got to make a new karate kid, yeah. don't they? <laughs> Every time I, I start doing the motion, you can't see my motion, but I'm doing that motion. Wax on, wax off, Mr. Miyagi. All right, Dr. Christina Masson, she'll join us uh, in a little bit. All right, so let's talk some NFL football. It is the opener tomorrow. It is the preseason. It, it's the Raiders. It's the first time they are making a big deal of it, and understandably so. When you have you know two billion dollar stadium that uh, you want to showcase, it'll be the first time that fans will be allowed in uh, to a Raiders game. Mark Davis will be the first time he's been to an event, an actual game there. So he kept his promise. Saying last year that hey I'm not going in until we can have all of our you know fans there all of our season ticket holders they are making a big to do about this tomorrow like we mentioned a ribbon cutting ceremony at three o'clock in the afternoon gates are going to open at four o'clock um, you know I went by the stadium earlier today and every time I go by there I mean there are throngs of people they're doing the tours and they're making some money <laughs> before they've had you know one official a fan go in there to go see a game, they have bankrolled quite a bit of money with people paying for these tours. And they're buying the merch. They're doing it all. I mean, in, in, in good for them. But uh, people are very anxious to get into the stadium. And uh, and from what I understand, I have not gone through a tour. But uh, the tours are, are pretty nice. Now, what do you think about everybody calling it the Death Star? Because that I, I seems to really like be it. the name. I don't like it. Well, the, the, the biggest complaint that I have about it, I mean, it sounds like a cool name. Wasn't the Death Star blown up? Isn't that the side that lost? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You know, it, it, you got to really put some some deep thought into this. Because and, and, and again, maybe it's people over do some analytical, homework. They'll, but it's they'll like, dive into this and but yeah, tear the, it apart. The Death Star was the evil side, and they got blown up. Yeah. They all died, <laughs> except for Darth Vader, who escaped it. I don't remember seeing that in Spaceballs. It wasn't in Spaceballs. It was, well, it was in one of the legitimate Star Wars movies. I mean, Spaceballs wasn't like one of the Star Wars like, no. No. trilogies. It wasn't a prequel whatever. or a sequel. Uh, or a <laughs> stand- no. Really? No. John Candy wasn't in Star Wars? Is that what you're trying to tell me? No. Wasn't he like a part dog or yeah, something? Yeah, in that? dog cat. I had a tail or something like yeah. that. Yeah. So he was like a, he was like a friendly Chewbacca. Not that Chewbacca wasn't friendly. How could you but not he- like Spaceballs? I mean, Spaceballs over Star Wars? No problem, and twice on Sunday. Did I say I didn't like it? I just said I that it wasn't one of the Star Wars movies. Why are you jumping to conclusions? I'm not jumping on you. I'm just kind of yelling at the audience. Okay. Because I'm sure there are people are saying that. <laughs> well, there's probably some people that don't like Spaceballs. Some people don't like a lot of stuff. Yeah, I, I'm not, as you know, I, I get made fun of for this. I'm, I'm not a Star Wars guy. Never saw it. It's odd today. Tim Anderson never saw Field of Dreams. I never saw Star Wars. We're like in an alternate universe today. Like, you're the more negative one today. Yeah, I am. It is. Is it Tuesday? (laughs) It's Freaky Friday. I'm going to get positive right now, okay? All right? All right. Jalen Hurts. Well, I guess I'm going to turn into a negative, too. So the Eagles. Well, Johnny Cash said everybody hurts, so. (laughs) Jalen Hurts. Why don't the Eagles name him the starting quarterback already? Why don't they do they it? They don't want to tip their hat. Oh, They don't want the opposition to know who to prepare for. The same reason Urban Meyer's not saying Trevor Lawrence is the quarterback. Well, maybe there's something more there. I get that. you got a guy like Joe Flacco who's been a veteran, but let's face it, Joe Flacco is the backup. Jalen Hurts is the starter. Uh, Jalen Hurts got the start last night in the first exhibition game. They both played at the same time last night. We're talking about Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, and then Washington played the Patriots. But last night, uh, when we look at these games... Very low-scoring games. Uh, none of these quarterbacks really led their teams on any type of scoring drives whatsoever. But, yeah, uh, Jalen Hurts, uh, impressive last night to a certain degree. He actually threw the ball right on the money to several receivers, but went off their fingertips. There were some drop passes for sure. There were, yeah. But uh, Jalen Hurts said he is very excited uh, about this season, and he talked about last night's game and can hardly wait to get back to practice. The opportunity to play ball every time we get this opportunity to play, especially in a live atmosphere like this tonight, we want to take advantage of it and we want to learn from it and, and build off of it. Um, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to this week's practice. Um, I can't wait. I can't wait to go practice this week. Um, this is how fired up I am to learn, you know, to, to grow. You know, I've always liked Jalen Hurts. Love that Alabama guy. 
you know, good for him, landing with Philadelphia, getting drafted, you know, high in the second round, being the starting quarterback, and he likes practice. As we know, there was another guy in Philadelphia that played that didn't like practice so much. It's easy to sum it up when you just talk about practice. We sitting here, I supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. Not a game. Not, a, not, not the game that I go out there and, and die for and play every game like it's my last. Not the game. We're talking about practice, man. Yeah. Who would you rather have, Jalen Hurts or Allen Iverson? Well, all I can say to AI, and he doesn't care what I have to say about it, but of all the millions of commercials that Michael Jordan did, and at least it seemed like he did millions of them, my favorite one was when he was in the gym and it was in black and white, and he's going, can you imagine not seeing me on TV every three minutes? Can you imagine me not doing And he's just shooting free throws. And the rumor was, as egotistical and everything else as he was, he was the first one in the gym and the last one to leave. You know why he's arguably the greatest player of all time? Because he did go to practice. practice. And he did work on his game. And he did get better. And then he performed even better in the regular season games. There is a reason for practice. You don't have to like it. You don't have to love it like it seems like Jalen Hurts does. But if you want to be the best and you want to not just make the playoffs but have success in the playoffs and celebrate championships, then you need to practice. I'll disagree with one thing you said there. Well, you actually didn't say it about the commercial. But I don't think Michael Jordan was probably the first one or the last one to leave that gym filming the commercial. I think it was Mars Blackman. No, no, I didn't say in the commercial. I, I just said it in practice. The rumor has it like that. And again, that might be one of those things, too. I mean, I don't remember that part of the last dance, but uh, I'm sure that even if he did say it in there, that uh, there would be some people that might have issue with it. <laughs> Doesn't seem like everybody was on the same page and thought that Mike was 100% accurate in all of his assessments. I don't know how good the Eagles are going to be this year, but Jalen Hurts is a real feel-good story. A guy that, and you know how much I loved him in Alabama because of his demeanor and how he got shafted when they brought Tua in and got basically got pushed aside. And despite that, Jalen Hurts came back to win games, even you know coming off the bench. Really glad that he's going to have himself a career. And I think Philadelphia could be a very good landing spot for him. He's one of the most accurate passers out there. He can run the football. Hopefully he can stay healthy. The Eagles still need a lot of help on both sides of the ball. But I, I, I'm hoping that uh, it really works out for him because that's a guy I like to root for. Well, and one of the biggest advantages he has, let's be honest, that division's pretty bad. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, and, and, and that kind of helps when you're in a division where, you know what, if you have mediocre success, you could be playoff bound. Yeah, Cowboys are the favorite, and, and deservedly so. And a lot of people think they will be better this year. Be interesting to see. I don't know if you got a chance to see any of Hard Knocks yet, but Hard Knocks is they're back with Dallas. Jerry Jones loves the limelight, and, then, of course, he wants to be on there. So the first episode aired earlier this week, and uh, Dak Prescott, Got hurt immediately, you know, with uh, uh, a, a, I don't know if it's a bicep or if it's a shoulder, but it is a throwing arm. And uh, here, here's a guy that's missing time, you know, right now after coming back from that horrific, you know, ankle injury, that foot injury they had last year that was just grotesque looking the way it went down. But uh, he still hasn't gotten the field yet in the preseason. And Jerry Jones was, I don't know if this was more of a Kevin Costner thing or what, but his opening press conference that he had, and of course all the cameras were there, he was in tears saying, I will do, and I'm paraphrasing here, I will do anything it takes to win a Super Bowl. And he goes, you know, when my back is against the wall and, you know, I feel that I'm prepared, he goes, sometimes I'll do some really crazy things. And he goes, i got to watch myself sometimes. He goes, but I will do anything to win a Super Bowl. Because for him... If he doesn't win a Super Bowl, his legacy is tarnished. Even though he's you know, wearing a yellow jacket in the, in, in the Hall of Fame and has made millions upon billions upon billions of dollars you know, with his stadium and this, in this franchise. Dude, if he doesn't win a Super Bowl, this, this guy might, I don't know what he might do to himself. Well, the problem with he can say that, 
But can he back it up? Can he actually do that? Because the one thing that a lot of people think he needs to do to win a Super Bowl is back off and let football people make football decisions. And I don't know if he's capable of that. So when you say I'd do anything, the one thing you need to do is the one thing your ego will not let you do. So you can say all the right things you want to. It doesn't mean you're going to do it. You know, people that watch Hard Knocks, they get a pretty good insight of what transpires during training camp, and you get a chance to know some of the personalities of the players uh, and the organization. And as you know, I, I got a chance to know Mike McCarthy pretty good. And when Jerry Jones hired him, I just didn't see that working. I didn't see a fit. Now, McCarthy will be the robot. There's no question about that. But he's not going to be that that guy who's going to be a big-time innovator. He's not going to be a big motivator. He's not going to do it. And when you see the dynamic uh, from the top of Jerry Jones and the guy who's in second command is Jerry Jones's son and third in command is Mike McCarthy. Looking at these guys, and if you watched Hard Knocks episode one, you've already kind of seen, well, let's see, I'm going to defer to you. I'm going to defer to you. Well, what do you think here? And like in that first episode, the trainer is saying, hey, I got to pull Dak out of practice, and McCarthy's going, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Why are you pulling him out? You know, he, you know, we, we, he's got to get some reps in." He goes, "No, no, no! I saw him throwing on the side. You know, he, he, he's not, he's not right." And then Jerry Jones saying, calling the trainer up and saying, "Well, how long is he going to be out for? Because you know, we got to, we got to get him some reps." And then, then Jerry Jones' son is talking to McCarthy, and they're like. Not on the same page. They're just trying to say, well, you know, not just the Dak Prescott situation, but just kind of everything in general about, you know, personnel and that sort of thing. It's just like, I just cannot see everyone's kind of deferring to Jerry. So that's why he's never going to step aside. And Jerry doesn't really have the brain power to make the right decisions. Well, and he doesn't have the, that's not his skill set. Right. You know, he, he's not a scout. He's not a football talent scout. He's not, you know, and that's probably one of the reasons why he's not going to win a Super Bowl. And I don't know about you, but when it comes to Dak Prescott, and, and I'm not saying anything against him, I'm still not sold that he's a franchise quarterback and somebody that I think he can win a Super Bowl with. Yeah, he has a lot of good stats a lot of times because he constantly checks off and throws the safe pass. He doesn't stretch the field. He doesn't do a lot of thing. And when he's at his best is when Ezekiel Elliott is at his best running the ball and opening up things here and there. I don't know that he's worth the money they paid him or, or, or they're paying him. I don't know that he can stay healthy. The defense still has question marks. Yeah, they're in a bad division, but in the playoffs, you end up having to play some good teams, and they're not even making the playoffs in that division right now. Jerry Jones, again, not to sound like a broken record here, in my opinion, needs to back off and let football people make football decisions. I don't think he can do that. Putting your son as number two in command certainly shows that even a little bit more. And then, like you say, you bring in somebody like McCarthy. It's bad enough when a coach and the owner and the other people aren't on the same page, I'm not even sure they're reading the same book. No, it's true. And as far as Dak Prescott goes, I totally agree with you. I've not, never been a Dak Prescott fan. I thought that that was a mistake for the Cowboys to draft him. They pushed Tony Romo up probably a year or two or three too early. No. And again, this guy has a history of injuries. And even when he is healthy, he's not that good. No, he he has nice completion stats in that because he checks off all the time. Look at his average per – if he has a decent average per reception, it's generally because the guy he throws the ball to runs a lot after he catches it. Speaking of check down Charlies, uh, the other game last night saw Washington in New England. Cam Newton got the start for the New England Patriots. Cam had two series, four for seven, 49 yards, nothing but checkdowns. And then when Mac Jones entered the game towards the end of the first quarter, got a standing ovation. You tell me who Patriots fans want to see. Who are they behind? And again, Cam Newton has never been a guy his entire career with Carolina where he was going to be, you know, people are going to just put their arms around him. And he didn't do much in New England last year. And you know, fans were hoping that the Patriots would be better. They weren't a playoff team last year. They were dreadful. But now, you know, all the offseason drama that Cam Newton says, hey, I'm not coming back. Then he ends up coming back. And now Bill, Belichick has made him the starter. 
and Mac Jones is is going to be the guy who learns behind him. Yeah, uh, Mac Jones, standing ovation last night. And Mac Jones got a chance to run the offense for five series, 13 for 19, 87 yards, nothing but checkdowns. But uh, I hope it does work out. You know, I do like these Alabama quarterbacks because I believe that, you know, when you play at Alabama and you play under Nick Saban, no matter what position you play for, uh, you play, that you are going to be prepared for the National Football League. And I am rooting for Mac Jones. I root for Jalen Hurts. Not so much Tua, just because, you know, I just don't think that he has the, the NFL skill set. But with uh, these other guys, they are prototypical pocket passers and they have the ability to run as well, too. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens and how long Belichick is going to hang with Cam Newton. Well, it's interesting, too, because you mentioned that Mac Jones uh, it looked like he was checking down, but his stats I thought were a little bit misleading. He threw a ball into the end zone that went off the fingertips right. of a receiver who said that, you know what, he put it right where it needed to be. I need to catch that. Another one, he just missed the receiver about 35 yards on the field. So he did try to stretch the field a couple of times when he was pretty close. Also had a couple of drop passes. And even though both of them look like in stats, they checked down a little bit. Matt Jones' average uh, reception last night went 7.2 yards, they said, for where he released the ball from and thrown it downfield. Cam Newton was 0.3. So Cam Newton basically threw every pass at the line of scrimmage. They were basically long handoffs. So even in a check-down scenario... Mac Jones was still stretching the field far more than Cam Newton did. I do think that's a telling stat. If the defense knows that you're not trying to stretch it at all, that's not a good look for Cam Newton, and it really makes it tough for the offense. At least Jones did try a couple things, and in a first preseason game, his timing was just – it was almost there, so – I think there is some things to look happy about there, and I'm not surprised the crowd is uh, is all excited, especially after, like you said, Cam Newton with uh, – it wasn't Aaron Rodgers' drama in the offseason, but I'm not coming back. Then I come back, it's like, dude, just shut up and play, especially in New England. They're used to winning Super Bowls and that. They just had to watch their franchise quarterback, which most of them probably still love more than the New England Patriots, win a Super Bowl for another team last year. They don't want to hear drama and excuses and crying – they want to win. And they want to root for one of their own. And that's it. Tom Brady was one of their own. Drafted by the Patriots. Patriots draft Mac Jones. And they realize the Patriot fans can be patient. I mean, they had got to remember decades of futility. Okay? From the uh, 85 Bears to the success with Brady took a while. It did. Absolutely. And, you know, again, they had that, that one in there where they went to the Super Bowl and lot, got blitzed by the Packers right. in New Orleans. But that was a I didn't long, want to remember them. Yeah, Drew Bledsoe. Exactly. I know you don't. But Mac Jones is a guy that they want to root for, plain and simple. And Cam Newton is a guy that's not their own, and they want to get him out the door. So I think Patriot fans can be patient and say, give Mac Jones in. If we've got to take our lumps, that's fine. But the Patriots still got pretty good defense. They've got some other parts that, that, that are okay. Still got Julian Edelman. So, and they got Bill Belichick. And, and they believe in Belichick a lot. Yes. They still think that. Yes. And you know Belichick has a fire in his belly. He wants to win a Super Bowl without number 12 as well. Yeah, absolutely does. Ryan Fitzpatrick <laughs> bidding to be the uh, quarterback start for a team, his ninth team. Yeah, yeah. Ninth, so he's got eight right now. So if he's named the starter for Washington, it'll be his ninth team, and that would be an NFL record. And Fitz... Uh, got plenty of action. Well, he started the game last night for Washington against New England. Two series, five for eight, 58 yards. Then uh, Tyler Heineke came in. Um, Heineke was nine for 15 with 64 yards. But uh, again, a lot of checkdowns here. But we know that Ryan Fitzpatrick should be the starting quarterback in Washington. And uh, good for him. Uh, I hate to see this guy keep getting bounced around because he's wanted to stay everywhere he's been, and deservedly so. He's probably should have stayed in most of these places. Shouldn't he still be the starting quarterback down in Miami? Absolutely. I was just going to say that too. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he he never should have lost that job. And, and what he did when he came here to Vegas in that that uh, that victory for the Dolphins, if, if, you know, coming in for Tua who was benched, outstanding. What what Fitzpatrick did. Now, if he, he lost in, his job two weeks later, if he starts in Washington this year, and they like him, and he plays on till next year, would that be the ninth and tenth teams? Since the Washington Football Club will have a new name, whatever it might be, down the road. <laughs> that would be the same organization, my friend. But yes, uh, 
Yeah, and, and that's another thing. Don't get me going with that. I mean, you had more than a year. Let's say a year and a half, maybe closer to two years, that you knew that you were going to change your team's name. Let, 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 let's, right? let's be honest about it. You had over a decade because you knew that this was coming down Correct. at some point. Correct. Because people have been complaining and bitching about this for a long, long, long time. Yeah. But you could have probably just played steadfast here. And I don't know if the NFL was really going to say you have to change it or not. But again, with all the nightmare stories that they have there with, with Daniel Snyder and that organization and, and you know the trouble that he got into and those employees and everything else, I mean, you need a new name. You need to change this thing. And just to say we're going to go status quo again this year without a name, what do they think? This is actually going to catch on? It's not catching on to anybody. you got no logo on the side of the helmet. Hey, let's go watch. People are still calling in the Redskins. Heck, I call them the Redskins. Former Redskins call them the Redskins. Fans still call them the Redskins. I think you have uh, some of the old former Redskins players on just so you can say Redskins yeah. and be correct when you say it. That's right. <laughs> Hail to the no names. Are they still saying fight for old DC? Is that is that song gone now too? Well, I think they'd have to say fight for old FC now yeah. since they're the football club. Right. Still call it Redskin they're, Park. They're, well, actually, they're the football team because football club would be a soccer team. Still Redskin way going into Redskin Park. You know? Yeah. I don't know. You're right, though. That division is pretty horrendous, especially if Dak Prescott is going to miss significant time this year. The Cowboys and the no-names just doesn't have the same ring to it. That's it. Because <laughs> the no-name defense, what? That was the Dolphins, right? Yeah, the, I think so, yeah. Here we go. Football team. Oh, please. Players. Football field. Washington football team. That is garbage. That is garbage. Flush that immediately and never play it again. Please. What's up with that franchise? A once proud franchise. The color scheme. They never really messed with the color scheme. And you remember the old Redskin uniforms where where the helmets going way back when they had like the the spear going Mm -hmm. through it? Yeah. Then they had the R for a while. Yeah. They've had a couple different looks. Yeah. Yeah. But they were all okay. I just didn't realize that a team that one of their most endearing features to a lot of them were growing large men dressing in hog noses and wearing dresses <laughs> would be something that people would yearn for those good old days again. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> all right. You know who people are yearning for now? And, and I think I'm, I'm becoming a fan. I think a lot of people are going to start rooting for the Detroit Lions just because of Dan Campbell. Now, remember when Dan Campbell was hired and he... Stole the show at the opening press conference. He's a soundbite. He's a soundbite. And I, I think that Dan Campbell can actually give everyone daily soundbites. Here's one from Dan Campbell from two days ago. I worked at a chicken shack when I was 16 years old. As a matter of fact, growing up, I, all my life, I'd worked on our cattle ranch. My dad, one summer, I was like, Dad, I don't, I don't want to do that, man. I'll see if I can go get paid. Because I didn't get paid for doing that job. That was like auto. Anyway, so I worked at a chicken shop chicken shack and uh, I learned how to clean chicken and I could do it blind over and over and I'll never do it again so I appreciate everybody that does that type of work because it, it got old quick. I did that for a while and, I, and finally one day he let me work the window I got to work the window, the window was here this was the top of the window so I would stick my head through that was awesome but, um, but I did get paid better so it was good stuff can this guy coach? I don't think right now for the Detroit Lions, they don't care. They're going to cheer this guy. You know, when they march on the field for their, their first home game, which is tonight, they're going to cheer him louder than anybody else. They're going to cheer him louder than Jared Goff, I'll tell you that. Well, it sounds to me like even if the Lions lose, he's still saying pluck the chicken shack. <laughs> and how that question even got brought up. You know, and I, I don't know, but uh, yeah, Dan Campbell, he's going to have daily sound bites. He's a he's a guy you want to root for. He's an underdog. Wasn't there a show on one of those uh, offbeat cable channels or something like Worst Jobs Ever or something like that? Maybe maybe that'll be one that's featured on it. No, maybe they'll do a football theme or something like that. Former jobs that former NFL coaches used to have. 
Lions, a point-and-a-half favorite tonight over the Buffalo Bills. Well, in the old days, remember, the Lions used to win all four of their preseason games when they played four of them, and then they'd go 1-15 and or 0-16 or something like that yep. in the regular season. Yep. They put emphasis on the preseason. I don't want to say they burned themselves off for the regular season because the truth is they were just <laughs> god-awful football yeah. teams. Uh, Baltimore Ravens, another team. They, Harbaugh loves to win, but I don't know how he can count on, on winning – Basically, no Lamar Jackson because he won't get his COVID shot. You know. Uh, well, isn't he doing more study on it? He wants to know a little bit more information. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. They're missing twenty-one players right now. Not not just because of COVID, uh, uh, but you got ninety-five percent of their team that is vaccinated. They got about twenty-one injuries right now. It is it is crazy. All right. So you want to go to a game? You want to go see the Lions uh, tonight? Uh, that's good. Um, you stick in that division. You want to go to the game tomorrow? I can get you tickets if you want to go see the Vikings host the Broncos tomorrow at U.S. Bank Stadium. Would you like to go? Probably I'll not. I'll even pay for your ticket. No, probably not. You know what tickets are going for for that game tomorrow night? $12? I don't know. Wow. $12. <laughs> That's, that seems a little bit expensive. <laughs> Three bucks! You can get in the door at U.S. Bank Stadium for three bucks to go see the Vikings. All right. I'm still not going. You know? I mean, uh, you want to pay like up to 14 and get you a little better seat. Now, what about people that brought tickets in advance because they thought Aaron Rodgers was going to be the Bronco quarterback? Yeah. I mean, what did they pay originally, and now they're selling their tickets for $3? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and to be fair, uh, just pick up the the Lion conversation. Their ticket is like $14. <laughs> so... Yeah. That's a lot more than three. Yeah. How much people pay to go see the Raiders tomorrow? Wow. I heard those ticket prices have really plummeted. They have plummeted. Which, it, which is kind of amazing because I would have thought that just because of the new stadium getting in there for the first time and seeing the you Raiders. You would think so. But those poor season ticket holders, I don't know if we, we say poor because they had to shell out the PSL money, you know, the right to buy the tickets, and they had to pay the face value of these game tickets, which are the same as a preseason game. It yep. doesn't matter. So they're the ones that are selling those tickets and getting very little back for them. So you know what? And and I might be the bad guy here. If they could afford these those PSLs yes. and the season tickets, mm-hmm. better off than I am right yeah. now. So I'm not feeling that sorry. Yeah, and if you're and, up- and and if they sell the first game or the Bears game or something else, they can still make a profit this season quite easily. You know, looking at the secondary market, cheapest seat I see is like sixty nine bucks for the game tomorrow night. It's a hell of a lot more than three. Yeah. (laughs) Dr. Christina Mattis is going to join us. We're going to talk about the COVID protocols with her when we come back. (laughs) Check out his big stethoscope. Or not. It's the Dr. T.C. Martin. All right. It is time for us to visit with the public health pharmacist. Our resident doctor. She's busier than you know what. Dr. Christina Madison, Roseman University, thepublichealthpharmacist.com. What is going on, Dr. Madison? Hey, how are you guys? I feel like it's been forever. Well, we were talking, how are you? We were talking to an old friend of yours yesterday. Spencer Haywood joined us at the uh, oh, Summer League. I know. Yeah. I'm so jelly. I wish I could have been there with you guys. It would have been a fantastic uh reunion and you know obviously you know everything he's doing to advocate for the black community and to advocate for vaccines um in particular i just i'm so grateful and thrilled that um he's taken that on and uh uh, fun fact i personally vaccinated both him and tc so i feel like their uh their success you know I have a little bit to do with it. But, hey, that's just me personally. But, you know, I, I don't know what you guys think. We but, mentioned that yesterday. We You got mad mentions on the show yesterday from Spencer. What? Oh, yeah. You better go back and listen to that interview, girl. It's on the homepage there. Go check it out. But you got mad mentions, and we both talked about that. And while we were talking about it, you go, what? 
You know her? Well, yeah, yeah. And, you know, all the all this stuff that came up. And then, well, she vaccinated me. Well, she vaccinated me. She, I go, she vaccinated our whole table here. And, and I gave him the uh, idea for the new promo for uh, for him in your clinic. That's right. Spencer Haywood, NBA Hall of Famer. The best shot I ever took was the COVID shot. <laughs> I like it. I love it. That's really good. So, uh, Dr. Christina, tell us uh, what other Hall of Famers you've vaxxed up. Oh, well, we, we talked a little bit about not a Hall of Famer necessarily, but a well-known rock star that lives here in Vegas. So there's that. Vaccinated plenty of our local media, which was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think of anyone else that I would consider to be kind of a more of a star or like a you know, now, does this uh, invade any of the HIPAA laws for you to tell? Like, well, I'm like, not saying I'm not saying who they are. You're right? not. So, but if but you did, here, would that so violate? I, well, I, I mean, obviously, I want to keep people's privacy, and you know, if they have not personally already disclosed that they're vaccinated, then of course I would not mention who right. it is. Okay. Yeah. Right. But yeah, if they've already talked about it, then right. it's fair game. That's what I'm saying. Okay, we're fair game there. Okay, good deal. Yeah, All which right. basically you and Spencer both disclosed, so we're good. Okay. <laughs> All right, so you know, speaking of athletes, and you know, we were talking about this yesterday, and I want to get your take on this. Uh, Lamar Jackson, quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens, he has gotten COVID twice now, and he refuses mm-hmm. to get vaccinated. Um, mm-hmm. they, there are a couple other players on this Baltimore Ravens team that do not want to get vaccinated, even though that 95% of the team is. And, you know, organizations, you know, coaches and general managers and presidents and owners, they, they want their players to get vaccinated so they don't come across the what we went through last year with the possibility of postponing of games. Because the NFL basically said, hey, they are going to go forward no matter what. Why do you think that there are still these athletes out there, Lamar Jackson, Kirk Cousins, who basically the quarterbacks of their team, they are the they are the face of their franchises. Why are they so unwilling? Yeah, I mean, I think it, that's a really hard question to answer, but I will tell you, um, I applaud the NFL for what they're doing because of, you know, the agencies that we've seen that have come through with some of these kind of, what I would call sort of a pseudo mandate, they seem to have been the most successful, you know, before they basically came out and said that they, you know, would postpone the, they wouldn't postpone the game. They would cancel. And then whichever team had the cases that that team would not get paid. So, I mean, obviously this is about the bottom line of the league and, you know, when you have to start canceling games, that really impacts the bottom line. And so, you know, you know it's, it's really hard to think what may be in someone's psyche when they're deciding whether or not to get vaccinated. But I will tell you, you know, there are certain individuals that have, you know, whatever that personal reason for why they don't want to get vaccinated, um, it's on them. But when it comes down to a business, you need to do what's best for your business. And maybe it's, you know, at this point, you know, they may have to think about, you know, looking at second string, you know, replacement, because again, you can't have one person on your team that has the possibility of infecting the rest of your team with a, you know, a communicable illness that could possibly cause them to have long-term health conditions after they become infected. Cause that's the other thing, a part of this too, is he's had COVID twice. Yes. But we don't even know what the, you know, the long-term potential, uh, adverse effects, you know, the lung issues, the heart issues, the clotting disorders. You know, these athletes are in the prime of their life, and they are in the best shape ever. I, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't want to be in a situation where I may end up with an infection that could leave me not being able to, you know, be at the top of my game. So, again, I think it's twofold. Um, you know, the business has to do what they need to do, but then we also need to do what's best for public health. And if they're going to refuse to get vaccinated and we know that's really the best, one of the ways that we can best protect people, then they may need to think about getting a replacement. 
You mentioned that businesses have to do what's best for them. And we're seeing a lot of different stories now about businesses and COVID. And for instance, Life is Beautiful just said if you don't have proof of being vaccinated or a negative test, they're not going to let you into the event this year. Then there's talk about what are the Raiders and the Vegas Golden Knights going to do? We haven't heard anything about that yet. And we see other places saying, well, we are going to require vaccinations, but we're going on the honor system. We're not going to ask for proof of it. Do they need one just standard set of laws and say this is the way it's going to be? Or does every single event and every single venue going to make up their own rules as we go along, like we've seen with all the states doing throughout this whole thing? Yeah, I mean, I think that's like the $24 million question, right? So, you know, I I can give you guys a couple of examples. So the first example I will give you is actually just something that I did this past week. So, the, it's called the HIMSS Conference, so H-I-M-S-S, um, one of the largest healthcare technology co- uh, conferences in the world. And it was here in Las Vegas. And all of the people who go- went to this conference, if you were registered for this conference, I went as press, you had to do a health screening and you had to have proof of vaccination before you even entered the convention space. So, you know, this was at the Venetian, and there were people checking and they had a, a separate area that said verification of proof of vaccination. So if you didn't fill out the clear app like what they had at the Golden Knights games before, you know, we went 100 percent, you had to prove that you were vaccinated and you had to go through a health screening. And we were all masked. So from my perspective as a healthcare professional, as a public health advocate, I felt incredibly comfortable and safe in that environment. And I think as a healthcare technology conference, it was really um, a model for how you can do, um, you know, large indoor conferences well. The other example I'll come up with is what they're doing in Germany. So the nightclub industry has been hit extremely hard there. And so they're doing a, basically a pilot study where they are paying people to uh, if they're vaccinated, they have a pass that they can use to go to these nightclubs, these in- indoor nightclubs, and they're paying all of the employees of the nightclub and, and all of the patrons. And so you get a pass for the weekend, you um, test, you do a PCR test before, and you do a PCR test after, and they're looking to see if this is something that they can implement um, in the winter, because right now they're using a lot of outdoor clubs. So... To answer your question, do I think that we need a standard? Yes, I do think we need a standard. But at this point right now, you know, for your own personal safety, if you are in any indoor space, number one, get yourself vaccinated. Number two, wear a mask because we do not know how many unvaccinated people are around vaccinated people. And now we know with Delta you can still be vaccinated and still potentially get infected. You might not get as sick and you will likely, you know, not be hospitalized or die, but there is still the possibility that you can become infected. So you got to do what's best for you until, you know, a standard is made. But I do think that once this vaccine is is, uh, received full FDA approval, you're going to see more mandates and you're going to see more um, instances of proof of vaccination being needed before entry. Dr. Christina Madison joins us. Uh, AEG, one of the largest, you know, concert, uh, you know, venue operators in the world. They came down and said that they're not going to allow anyone to go to shows in their venues that are, are people that are not vaccinated. Uh, they actually operate the Smith Center. So that's going to have a local effect here. Uh, in your opinion, Christine, um, you, do you think that that, that should be? the case here because you know right now none of the las vegas teams are saying you have to uh, be vaccinated to come to our venue got to wear the mask inside but uh which which policy do you abide by uh again as someone who advocates for vaccination mm-hmm. uh, i think that it's just best for us as a community as a whole not just looking at it from the standpoint of you know what's going to help us to slow the spread of the virus in indoor activities, right, large group gatherings, but also just for a benefit of everyone around us, not to mention the fact that, you know, the kids just went back to school. And, you know, you know, we have a whole subset of our population that isn't even eligible for vaccination yet. 
And so we need to not just think about ourselves, but we need to think about all of those individuals who still can't be vaccinated and are being left unprotected. And so when we vaccinate, you know, it doesn't just help us, it helps everyone. You know, I just um, was listening to, um, you know, uh, some commentary with um, our CDC director, Rochelle Walensky, and, you know, they have data showing that if you are a child that lives in a home of unvaccinated people, you are, like, so much more likely to get COVID and then potentially have, you know, adverse, um, you know, effects. And so, you know, we need to model good behavior. Do, do I need to tell you, yes, you need to get vaccinated? You know, that's your personal choice. But when it comes to, uh, you know, large gatherings where there could be super spreader events, I think it's not only good public health policy, but I think it's good business that you look at, you know, doing mandatory vaccinations. Because here's the thing. Do you want your clientele to be able to come back and patronize your business again? That's a little hard to do that when your your client, um, you know, becomes infected and is no longer with us. You know, you mentioned something there that uh, I was going to bring up anyhow. You mentioned the FDA and getting approval from them. Why hasn't it been approved yet? Is there a time to for when it's going to be? Because I've heard a lot of people basically saying, well, it's not even FDA approved, so I'm not getting until they are. I turn on TV every night and I see all these stuff that are FDA approved with 10,000 side effects in that. What's the deal with the vaccine here? Because I do hear people saying that about the FDA, and in some senses, that does kind of legitimize it a little bit for their side of the argument. Again, uh, you know, you bring up such amazing points, Frank. You're just, you know, so right on. <laughs> I can't tell you, like, you're so spot on. Uh, you know, here's the thing. You're right. This is, like, something that has definitely been you know, a bane for me, um, because normally what you see is the FDA will take what's called post-market surveillance. Usually you need at least six months of data in real-world time, and we're beyond that. So the original request was made, um, you know, more than six months ago for this, you know, for this particular vaccine, in particular for Pfizer, um, because remember it was initially authorized in December, they, um, you know, asked to have full FDA approval back in March. So, you know, we are beyond the point where, you know, the FDA should should have been doing this. And so um, I think there's a lot of pressure at the federal level. Um, you know, the last thing that I heard is that it's likely to occur this month, um, that the, the goal and the target is to have full FDA approval by the end of August. And I think if that happens, um, it will help a lot of businesses be able to feel more comfortable to mandate vaccination for their employees, as well as potentially for proof of vaccination for their patrons. So you're right. It, it is something that I think that is hindering us um, from really moving forward and getting closer to the end of this pandemic. I mean, we're seeing cases rise, even deaths rise again here, uh, you know, locally here in Las Vegas and Clark County. And it's weird because I really don't see a sense of urgency from a lot of people here. Not at all. And, uh, and that, that's got to drive you crazy as well, too. Yeah, I, here's the thing. It's, a, it's, it's definitely I have a, a very complex relationship with um, all of the people that are here and are visiting and are having a great time and are enjoying our wonderful city because I know that that's what we need in order to recover from our, you know, from this devastating impact of, on our economy. But it also scares me because there are people from all over the world here with unknown vaccination status, unknown COVID status, right? Because we're not asking for proof of vaccination. We're not asking, of, you know, proof of COVID testing. And so it is a little unnerving, Um and so it's a balance. There's a balance between lives and livelihood. And obviously, you know, with so much of our economy being so based on hospitality and entertainment, it is very challenging to be able to do, a, you know, a really good balance of the two. But again, going back to that whole personal safety aspect and, and really wanting to be able to get out and enjoy things, you know, you can still do that you know, in outdoor spaces, right? So we know outdoor spaces, outdoor venues, that's really the best thing to do. 
um, because you've got, you know, ultraviolet light, you've got, you know, good airflow, ventilation, you know, you're less likely to contract the virus that way. And then if you're in indoor spaces, absolutely, please, please, please wear a mask and not just any mask, wear a good quality mask and make sure that your mask fits you well. So surgical grade mask, a KN95, the best is an N95 because that filters out very, very small particles. Um, You know, just having a cloth mask is probably not protective enough when it comes to Delta. Can I broadcast in uh, that mask that you're describing? Can you send some over? Absolutely. Yeah. I have some that are coming that are going to be branded. Yes. You want to be my ambassador? Uh, of course. I'm your spokesperson, right? There you go. We're probably going to have to wear them at the Cosmo again, so we might need them down there. And did, did you ever? I've got to wear Sunday now. I got to start wearing Sunday. Back to the play-by-play. Did you? Did you ever think yeah. we'd be in a world where the mayor of Miami is suing the governor of Florida because of all the politicism of this whole thing? It's yeah. an insane world we live in today. I know. All right, Dr. Christina Again, Madison. I, yeah, you, I agree with you, Frank. <laughs> we, we, we appreciate uh, you as always. Thepublichealthpharmacist.com. Check her there. Great follow on Twitter as well, too. And the podcast. Plug the podcast real quick. Yes. Um, that's what I was doing at Hims. So you can find mm. me for the post Hims recap on the Pharmacy Podcast Network, um, Public Health Pharmacist um, podcast. We didn't even get a chance to talk about the Field of Dreams. I know. Well, you know, what can we say? I mean, so sad. You, you have to have me back. I guess. I guess so. Did you like the Field of Dreams? Real quick. Did you like it? I. I. The only thing that was a little bit uh, unnerving was all of the handshaking. I really <laughs> wished for some hand sanitizer. I'm talking about corn that they shouldn't put a fence up there. I want. I want to bring back the movie as it was, not fences, not the, all this. Stuff. I mean, you're talking about hand sanitizer. We're talking about a great game, 9-8. Well, she is involved in public health. Public health. Oh, my gosh. You want to talk about, I thought you want to talk from a sports perspective or a movie perspective. Oh, well, obviously, like, you know, the stocks at the end, I mean, like, that was, like, scripted right out of the movie, right? Like, I mean, you couldn't have asked for a better ending to that game. Did you like Field of Dreams better or Sandlot? Sandlot. Did you like Sandlot better than the Bad News Bears? Sandlot. Uh, still Sandlot. So Sandlot's your number one, huh? Yes. Okay. All right. How about for the love of the game, Kevin Forever. Costner? Forever. Sorry. <laughs> all right. We will talk yes, to you later. it's all good. <laughs> all right. All right. Wear your mask. Go wash your hands. Keep your hand sanitizer. And uh, we'll see you very soon. That would be your cue to say goodbye. Oh. See you guys <laughs> next time. <laughs> The cheerleader and her saying, see you next time. She's doing her happy dance right now. She's doing her happy dance. I can picture that smile And remember, you can never assume what somebody's favorite movie is. That's right, Felix Unger. That's right. Well, I was doing from the Bad News Bears. Because you know what happens when you assume. Yeah, that's Felix and Oscar and uh, the odd couple. Make an ass of you and me. Yeah. Okay, so it's both. Yeah, it's both. Okay. uh. All right. I want to thank Dr. Christina Masson, of course, for joining us. Mark Anderson from the Las Vegas Review-Journal as well, too. Have yourself a great weekend. If you're going to the Raiders game tomorrow, mask up, hand sanitizer, and uh, enjoy the game tomorrow. We'll talk all about it on Monday. And the same thing with the Aces game on Sunday. Aces game on Sunday, same thing. Uh, The crowds are back at the Aces game, Michelob Ultra Arena, 3 o'clock tip-off. So uh, if you don't go to the game, listen. Just a few notches down the dial. Have the pregame show at uh, 2.30 and tip off at 3 o'clock. All right. Well, Park, Frank, T.C. Martin saying so long. For Numbshut, for Christina Madison, for everybody who's part of this team, we'll catch you Monday at 2 o'clock.